Trinity Central. We exist to make God central to our lives and our world. You are listening to a recording of one of our Sunday messages. For more information, please go to trinitycentral.org. I just love how God uh, speaks to us through multiple people as we come together. There's such a sense of things that have been coming through this morning, uh, tying together. And um, as uh, for those of you that I've not met, my name is Reese. So good to have you with us this morning. As Ben said, it was a bit of a strange thing last night. Uh, we had a message from uh, Cineplex saying, hey, we've made a scheduling uh, mistake. And uh, people are, uh, 250 people are arriving to watch the opening of June at 12 o'clock. So um, it was kind of funny this week. I was, I was at, uh, we, we were in St. Louis together, our elders and wives. And I was uh, at, at the end of the first session on Friday morning. I was just praying and, and my message for this morning, because we we started our In His Image series last week. My message for this morning was quite uh, heavy in my thinking. I was processing it. And, and uh, at the end of the message, we were just lifting our hands and worshiping God and just standing in awe. And as I was standing in awe of God and worshiping him. And at the same time, I was kind of carrying the message for this morning. I felt God say to me, you can go kayaking tomorrow. <laughs> and I, uh, I, I thought to myself, uh, well, I knew how much work I still had to do for this morning. So um, I kind of thought, well, God's been very kind to me in terms of saying, hey, uh, the weight of, of this message, the weight of these things is not on you, it's on me. And I thought, wonderful. <laughs> but I didn't go kayaking. I spent the day working on my message. And, uh, and then last night, I suddenly realized God was literally saying, you can go kayaking. <laughs> because uh, this morning I woke up and I thought, I'm not going to preach uh, Genesis 3, the fall of Adam and Eve, and, and, and get into all of that this morning in, in 10 minutes. So I was uh, just sitting before the Lord this morning and asking him, uh, what do you want to say to us this morning? What do you want to say to us this morning? And I was drawn to the story of Hannah. Um, I'll just get into it in a second. But just before that, to say what Mel just brought about us being in a 40-day period of prayer and fasting and the encouragement and the challenge to be listening to God and to be writing things down. And if you're a child here, uh, I, I want to speak to you as well this morning and say, God wants to speak into your heart. God has promises for you. Just as Mel spoke this morning about what God's been speaking to her, God has things that he wants to speak to you. And God wants to write things in your heart right now. I want us to, as, as Mel encouraged us to be strong through the rest of our prayer and fasting season, I want to encourage you. We, we, we're talking about three things. The main thing is encountering Jesus. 
We want our encounter with Jesus as a church family to go deeper and broader and higher. Then the second thing is our corporate one thing. We are praying to God. We are asking God that he will raise up many leaders among us and leaders who will lead small groups, who will multiply ministry and who will plant churches in the future. And then thirdly, each one of us has a one thing. Now for all of us, as you listen to the different words that came this morning, you'll see connection into this story this morning. The story is found in 1 Samuel. Eli is the priest of the house of Israel. Uh, and he, he is functioning at the, at the tent, the temple. And his sons have become priests as well. But his sons, uh, e- Eli has not done a good job of raising his sons. And his sons do not carry the fear of God. His sons have become priests themselves, but rather than understanding the gravitas and the awe of their position as priests over God's people, these priests, these, these two sons have begun to use their priesthood for their own gain. They fill themselves on the sacrifices of God's people. They sleep with the women uh, who are serving at the tent. There's a, an utter disregard for God and reverence for God in their lives. And so God is bringing something new. And he does it through a childless woman. We, that might make bells ring. Uh, in your, in, your mem- in your mind, in your memory. This is a common thing we see through scripture. And so we pick up the story in 1 Samuel 1 verse 9 to 10. I want you to stay with me as I read this. There's something I believe God wants to speak to us this morning. After they had eaten and drunk at Shiloh, Shiloh is where the tent of the, uh, uh, the tabernacle was, was pitched, Hannah rose She's married to a guy called Elkanah. And it says, now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of God. And she was deeply distressed. She was deeply distressed about the fact that she didn't have children. And in her distress, she began to pray and she wept bitterly and she vowed a vow. And she said, O Lord of hosts, If you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. And as she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips were moving and her voice was not heard. And therefore Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put away, put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink. But I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. 
Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman. For all along, I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, go and pe- go in peace and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went away and ate and her face was no longer sad. They rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, she conceived and bore a son. And she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. One of the things that we see through scripture and it came through this morning is that God's way with us is that out of death, he brings life. Liesl started with that this morning. Children, if you grow up in a, in a Christian family, you too grow up dead until that moment where you turn to Jesus and you are born again. Out of a dead womb, it says the Lord closed Hannah's womb. Out of a dead womb, God brought life. The way of this world is like this. Fill yourself with as much as you can. Gain as much life. Extend yourself. Build your wealth because at some point you die. That's the way of our world. The way of God is die. And out of death resurrection life will come and ultimately all your needs according to his riches and glory will be fulfilled. The gospel, the kingdom of God is completely opposite to the way of the world. And here we find a woman in her death, in her struggle pouring out her heart to God. That is, the, that is a great definition of prayer. Prayer is, the, in fact, the most real prayer is when we come to God and we begin to say, I just need you. And, and there's no formula to this. She's not uttering a formula. She's just pouring out her heart to God. I want to encourage you over these 40 days to begin a pro or if you've never done this to get before God and to pour out your heart to him, to bring those things, those areas where you find death in your life, to bring those areas where you find suffering in your heart, to pour out your soul to God. You see, this is a truth that the gap between hope or promise And the fulfillment of that hope or that promise is the gap where faith and prayer and trust in God is formed in our lives. God uses the things that we most desire to shape us into what he has for us. So Samuel is born. And Hannah nurses him until the moment where he is weaned. And then she brings him to the, to, the, uh, to the temple and she offers him back to God. And in him being offered to God, 
She gives, she fulfills the vow. But many of us will know the story that it's through Samuel that God begins to speak to Israel. God ushers in a new world, a new phase of Israel's life through Samuel. And ultimately, Samuel will bring forth the Davidic king into the house of Israel. But do you remember, children, what happens with Samuel? Samuel's in the temple one night and he's worshiping before the Lord. And he suddenly hears God speak to him, except he doesn't realize it's God. And what he hears is, Samuel, Samuel. And he gets up and he runs to Eli and he says, Eli, you called me. And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back, go back to bed. And so he goes back and he lies down and then he hears it again, Samuel, Samuel. And he gets up and he goes to Eli and he says, uh, here I am. And Eli says, no, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And, and a third time he hears God saying, Samuel, Samuel. And so he runs to Eli and he says, here I am. And Eli says, Eli twigs what's going on. Eli realizes God is speaking to this little boy. And so he says to Eli, uh, he says to Samuel, go back. And when you hear him call you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And this moment marks the beginning of something remarkable in Israel's history. I believe God wants to speak to us in this season of 40 days. And I particularly believe he wants to speak to children among us. And this morning, what I want us to do is we're going to finish by breaking bread this morning. You see, because there is another death out of which life really comes. There is a, a God whose travail of his soul, uh, uh, the, the word who took on flesh, the very word of God, the one who was with God in the beginning, he came and he came for a people who he would call his own and he came and he died and in the travail of his soul he calls us and he, he brings forth a people according to his own name and a people for his own glory you and me and our children and our children's children and our children's children and there is a generational thing that the, the Lord Jesus is birthing and building and bringing out that he wants to do in us and through us and God has come to us and revealed himself in our death and in our, in our shame and even in our suffering, God comes to us and says, I'm going to wake you up. I'm going to bring you into life. I'm going to begin to speak into your heart. I'm going to write purposes and plans over your life. And I'm going to call you to make a difference in my world. Hallelujah. That is what God is doing. And he wants to do it with our children and with their children and with their children from generation to generation to generation. I wonder if the band could come up. I wonder if we could, what we're going to do right now is we're going to finish by taking communion. And what I want us to do is very quickly, because we're under time pressure, I want you to come and grab the elements. Uh, and then as soon as you've got the elements, I want to encourage you to gather into groups and particularly families. I want you to, to come because what we're celebrating here is the travail of Jesus' soul. We're celebrating the death of Jesus, the, the body broken, the, bread, the blood poured out for us that we might come into his life. And I want 
want you just to pray for your children that they would experience the speaking of God, the resurrection of God in their life. From death to life, this is God's way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come. Come and grab the bread. Ben, just lead us in a, in a brief song and then I'll, I'll close us in prayer. Once you've got your bread and wine, take them back and, and just pray together. We've just got a couple of minutes.